Amen. Hallelujah. I want to say thank you to the confirmands, the sixth graders. Nothing like sitting up front, right? Confirmands are here with us. They were in traditional last week. Uh, I look forward to being with you in a couple weeks. Worship is something that is really important to me, both on, in church on Sunday mornings, but also personal worship. So thank you for being here. Thank you for experiencing what may be something different for some of you that are not used to worshiping here. Um, Let's give them a hand, sixth graders who are learning all about Jesus as personal Savior. Thank you. Um, I am grateful as well. Justin, thank you for that incredible... There you are. Thank you for that incredible testimony. Patrick, last week, Annie, two weeks ago, um, we've had some incredible from-the-heart testimonies of what what God is doing in people's lives. Um, I've been pretty blown away by this gratitude path. Um, Haven't been feeling good for a few months now, and I just had surgery over the weekend, so that's why I'm sitting down. But I think part of... What was happening when I wasn't feeling well is that I became a half, the glasses half empty kind of person rather than the glasses half full. And I chose to look at what wasn't right rather than all of the blessings and how God has been so active in my life, in the life of this church, in this community. I'm especially grateful to our senior pastor, Charles, for choosing this particular book, uh, The Gratitude Path. Some of you are studying it in Sunday school. Some of you are using it as a daily devotional. Um, It's stewardship time. It's about money and budget for next year. But if we choose to live a thankful life of gratitude, then it's so much more than an obligation to give money. It is, it is an honor, it is a privilege to give. So I'm grateful for the ways in which I'm learning again how gratitude is truly a lifestyle. It's not something that, yes, I just make a list of what I'm thankful for today. But when I choose to be a Jesus follower, follower who is full of gratitude, then the way I live my life is going to be different. It's going to be completely different in the way I choose to prioritize my life and the way I choose to love and serve as Jesus is calling us. So that's where we're going today. We're going to continue on this gratitude path. Um, Where are you, Reese's? There you are. Last Sunday, I just have to share this with you, Andrea and Randy brought their three children to be baptized at early service in traditional. I'd never been part of that. There are three of us pastors, so we each got a child. I mean, it was the coolest thing ever. And as we got to walk Benjamin and Samuel and Ella around the sanctuary, the the congregation was singing this incredible hymn called Child of Blessing, Child of Promise. I want you to understand that all of us are children of blessing children of promise. God desires the best for us. God desires to to bless us so that we can, this is Louis, Louis Giglio's term, but leave a wake of generosity behind us. You know, we are blessed 
but then we don't keep it for ourselves, not just material wealth, but all that God has given us. When we recognize and are grateful for what God does in our lives, then we choose to do something about it, and we choose to live differently. So this morning, we're really going to talk about money. We're going to talk about tithing, but I hope to just kind of put some things out here for you, and perhaps the Holy Spirit will, will trigger something deep inside of you that may uh, be something different. I want you to understand that giving of our money, not only money, but our time and our talents, our treasure in gratitude, first of all, is a state of the heart. It's not just a mind thing that we do out of obligation. It can be if we allow it to. But it is a state of the heart. It comes from a spiritual growth matter within. And when we choose to live our lives differently, giving then is truly a recognition of who God is. So I want to encourage you to think about this as not obligation, not um, giving to the church or giving of ourselves so that God will give us something in return but instead giving because God so loved us that we can't help but, like like Nick said, do something, whether it's dancing or singing or serving or loving or giving. So giving in gratitude, a state of the heart, spiritual growth matter, and a recognition of who God is. I believe that when we surrender ourselves into the hands of God, when we truly say, okay, God, to the best of my ability, I'm going to give you 100% of me, not just my material wealth, but my time, my talents, all that you have blessed me with. When we do that, I believe we seek then to use all of that to bring honor and glory to him, and we live a focused, God-directed prioritized life, that becomes then a blessed life. I want you to go to Luke 6. I'm going to to encourage you to, to go here this week with all that's going on in the world. The, diverse, the, the division that, that Brent prayed for, I want you to go to Luke 6. Jesus is talking in Luke, actually not the Sermon on the Mount, but it's called the Sermon on the Plain. It says he was on a level path. And he talks through how we're not to judge others. We're supposed to be forgiving. He talks about everything we do should be, should be um, used and lived out in such a way because God has done great things for us. So I'm going to start a little sooner than... than Uh, verse 38. 37 says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And then Jesus continues, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Now, Jesus, you know, was this really cool teacher who used regular, everyday things to make his point. 
This was the case here as well, that he was, when people would go to the market to buy grain for their bread, they would take a cloth bag. And of course, then they would put the bag on the ground and the, the seller would pour the grain into the bag. But then, of course, the buyer would shake the bag and pat down the grain to get as much in the bag as would be possible. And Jesus is using that example to teach us about what it means when we are choosing to open our hearts and our lives and give of our time and our money, our talents to God, God responds. The more we shake it down and give it out, the more God blesses us, pours into our lives. God responds by filling us, our bag, up to overflowing. God responds by loving us, by blessing us, by giving us the joy that doesn't make sense when our circumstances uh, externally are anything but joy-filled. <clears throat> Give, and it will be given to you. I believe that's God's economy for us today. I'm just going to jump right into it. I want to talk a little bit about tithing because I do believe that we are to be tithing. Scripture mandates it. But you know, for so many years, I felt, my husband David and I felt that tithing was oh, just the thing we had to do as Christians. And it wasn't until a few years ago when we chose to, to make a heart shift and chose to prioritize our money as, hey, this isn't really our money, this is God's money. And we will give the first 10% of it to God. It wasn't until that time that we truly were blessed by what God had um, continuing to give to us. Rachel, will you come and help? Um, I want to, to give you this example just as, as something um, that may uh, be a visual for you. We've got apples. Uh, I've asked Rach to, to get 10 apples out, and I just want you to understand that these apples would, would represent all of the people we love, all of our possessions, everything that we have, our bodies, our souls, our spirits, uh, the air that we breathe, the life that we live, the beauty of creation around us, uh, family, friends, everything we are, everything we have is a gift from God. Now, as a way to say thanks, Scripture mandates that we are to give one-tenth of that, the first tenth, or our tithe, to God. So... There's our one-tenth that Rachel has. Well, this is often the case in our lives. Things happen in life. I may decide that um, I want to take a trip um, an unexpected time away, so that takes a chunk off of my tithe. I might... Um, need a replacement in my truck for something and unexpected, so that takes a part of my tithe. Then, since the dogs are doing so well, next week I want to go to the, the UGA Kentucky game, so I'm going to take some of that money and put it over and take it out of my tithe. Uh, maybe then the garage door breaks and there's something else. Maybe... Um, uh, there is an unexpected surgery that has to happen. And then my tithe 
becomes just this core of an apple, and that would be what I put in the offering basket. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but often, if we allow it, David and I could prioritize in this way. It's easy now because we have it taken out of our check, so we don't even see that 10%. That's how we had to. Otherwise, thank you, Rach. Otherwise, we would end up having just that apple core, just the leftover of what God has blessed us with. Another way to look at this, and this is straight from, I encourage you to go online. Louis Giglio at Passion City Church is preaching on chain breakers, and one of them is the chain breaker against debt. You need to find it. If, if finances are an issue, or if you are having some trouble finding a 10% to give to God because of what he has blessed you with, find those sermons. I want you, though, to think about this as another example. This just blew me away, and I hope it, it is, it is um, profound for you as well. We start off with, with this triangle, and it's all about us. We put us at the top. The, the me mentality would be my ideas, my dreams. I want to accumulate things. It's, it's my plans. This is all for me. And so I take this part, and this is what I'm going to choose to live. And I want it to be the best life I can live. And then secondly, I will save. Now that's when and if I can, if I have done all that I want to do, if I've bought everything I want to buy, if, if life is as good as it gets in my control, then I put the, a little bit, if I have any, for savings. And then finally, hmm, there's the giving. There's the giving back to God. This I would consider residual. In this case, if it's all about me, then this is, oh, hey, I made it to the end of the week. I have 10 bucks left. I will, I have it to give. God, I, I got you. I'll put $10 in the, in the offering basket today. You see how it is all about me. It's all about my desires. It's all about what I want now, Scripture tells us, though, that we need to flip this so that we can prioritize God's blessings in our life. So let's look at this in a, in a flipped sort of way with God at the top. If God is our number one priority, if God is our is our top value if he if we are choosing to live a life in such a way that he gets our whole self in surrender then we will put god first not just with money but in all that we choose to do god will be a part of all of our decisions god will be a part of how we choose to live our life because the way scripture asks us to live and if we are truly jesus followers then we're going to live this way is to give first god blesses me so I want to give back in order to, to give back to God what is already His, to love and to serve others. Then it's important to save. And you can go online and watch the sermon or, or Dave Ramsey will teach you how to, to save 
an emergency fund, so to speak, it's important that we have some reserve. And then finally, this is what, this is one of those holy two by fours for me. Then finally is that living section. Of course, I need food and clothing. I need a, a transportation. I need shelter. Um, but I need to adjust my lifestyle so that I can live off of what is left. We go from it's all about me to I humble myself before you, God. I surrender to you. You have overwhelmed me with blessing. And because of that, I'm going to live and pay as I go. This is a growing edge for me. So when we decide to live as Jesus followers, when we fully believe that everything we have comes from God, everything, then we truly will live and pay as we go. We won't have credit card after credit card. We won't choose all of this stuff that, that um, we want, whether it's a new car or that right kind of house or the boat or those new shoes or whatever. But it will be, God, what are you asking me to do? How are you asking me to live? I'll save some, and then what I have left, God, I know you will provide. This is really real for me. I have answered the call. I have said, yes, I will. I will leave this place, God. God has told me I'm done here. My job is done. And at the end of December, um, I will be taking leave. But I don't know where I'm going to be working. I don't know what God has for me next. I am joy-filled in that I know I have chosen to do the right thing by saying yes and by saying that at the end of December I will leave. But I just need to tell you, you know, my husband David is the, the finance guy of the two of us. So this week, he made a spreadsheet of what it will look like with one income. If I would have allowed it, I would have been a heap on the floor bawling because I wouldn't know how God's going to provide. Now, we have, we have started to wean things away already. You know, we don't live an extravagant lifestyle, but oh, my friends, we are so blessed. But seeing on paper and then believing that God is going to provide are two different things. I want to encourage you to believe to believe that God is able to provide, that God will bless your efforts. Now, some of you may never have tithed before, so 10% is not a reachable number for you. Start with 2 or 3 or 4%. And I promise you that if you will give that to God up front, everything else will fall into place. I mean, it sounds too good to be true, but I know that it is. We might be eating more Raymond noodles and, and peanut butter sandwiches. We might not be able to continue the eating out lifestyle that we have. But oh my gosh, God is already blessing us. And I know that will be the same 
for you. We don't give to God in order to get more from Him. It's not like an investment and a return kind of thing. We don't earn His love. We don't earn His provision. He blesses us abundantly. I think it's Ephesians 3 um, where it says He blesses us more than we could ever think or dare to even ask or imagine. Sometimes, I believe a lot of the time, we keep God in a box. And we say, oh, no, I can't do that. It won't work that way. If I looked at the spreadsheet without faith, I would say, "Mm, mm, mm, that ain't going to work. But when we give with a grateful heart, when it is a heart thing, rather, when it's a choice, when it's an action, rather than something that I have to do out of obligation, then I believe God is a generous God. And I believe that he opens up possibilities for greater blessings. One of my favorite scriptures is from the prophet Malachi. And you know, years ago, I didn't understand this, but I'm beginning to have more of an understanding. The the prophet Malachi was speaking to his people. This is chapter 3. And he says, God says to the people, I, the Lord, do not change. Return to me, and I will return to you. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? And God replies, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. And verse 10 is where I want to stay. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, into God's house, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. A year ago this week, I was in Cuba. And there was this incredible experience at a church. And I want to show you a few pictures. This is Pastor Frank. This was in his church, Iglesia Mesodista de Moto, Mota, Cuba. And do you see in in the top of the sanctuary, it's Silos Ebertos, which means open the heavens or open the skies. Now, the next couple show you what, what the actual church building looked like. And he said, we are standing on faith. We are asking not only that God will open the heavens so that we will experience his presence, that we will experience God in a personal, powerful way, but we are asking and believing that God will open the heavens of provision. We don't have the money, but we're going to continue to put money away. And he brought out these blueprints, these plans of this extravagant um, addition that they were going to make. All they were doing was choosing to believe that God would open the heavens. With what little they had, they were giving a tenth or more, many of them more than 10% 
They were giving what they could and more so that God then would continue to bless them. I know that God wants us to experience open heavens. Open heavens in that the glory of God would be made known to us. That we would experience his presence in powerful ways personally. But I also believe, let me just say it, I know this is a generalization, but for the most part, we are a pretty rich church. You know, most of us in this room are doing pretty well in comparison to everybody else. And God is wanting us to experience open heavens. He wants us to experience abundant blessings. And how does that happen? I believe it's giving in gratitude. It's by a change in heart. It's a Holy Spirit thing. When Brent prayed, change our hearts of stone to hearts of flesh, that's not coincidence. That's what God wants. He wants us to change our heart mentality, not our, our mindset. Our, our hearts need to change. We need to grow spiritually. Giving in gratitude is a spiritual growth matter. And it is then we will recognize who God is. So friends, I don't know where you are in your relationship with Jesus. I don't know where you are in your giving. If you choose to give or, or you're part of that me triangle where if there's any residual, any left, this is where you are. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt first that God wants to continue to bless you. He wants you to understand that he does love you, that he's jealous for you, that he's jealous for a relationship, a deeper relationship with you. And that comes through full surrender of all of who we are to him. It doesn't mean that we can make sense of it Anytime I try to make sense of that spreadsheet, it drives me crazy. But when I remind myself of who God is and who He has been to me, how He has brought healing to my life, how He has brought continued provision, how He has continued to, to work miracles, then I can't not give out of gratitude. I'm going to ask the band to come up, and I just want to pray, pray for you and with you, that God would continue to speak to you in the days ahead. Holy God, you are so incredibly good. You are holy, you are sovereign, you are mighty, and yet you are so very personal to us. And this day, God, I pray your blessings upon each person here. Whether they're young or old, anywhere in between, God, I know that, that you desire to bless them. So I pray that you would open minds and open hearts. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just move within us today. That you would take us from a place of me to a place of thee. Help us to get our priorities straight, oh God. Help us to experience the joy that comes by loving and living and serving. Open our eyes, oh God.
Open our ears, open our hearts, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.